Good morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and the goal of Connections is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us that get us thinking, get us connected, get us wondering. You may have noticed that our opening of Twinkle, Twinkle Little Star is a little different than our traditional opening. And why did we use that opening? Well, I had a chance to hear the first reading of the play Marjorie Prime, which will be playing at Park Square April 19th to May 19th. And it was absolutely stunning, both the writing and the actor's reading. And in the play, Twinkle, Twinkle is mentioned, and it stayed with me as an image. What is a star? It's a piece of light. And stars are what we tell stories about, and they guide our way, something we wish upon. But what are they? And I found it to be a beautiful metaphor. And as I looked at the words, I thought they might be interesting to add to the conversation. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. Up above the world so high, like a diamond in the sky. And when this blazing sun is gone, when nothing shines upon, then you show your little light. Twinkle, twinkle, twinkles through the night. So Park Square has Prime Productions as a theater in residence, which means it's a co-production, and the play is Marjorie Prime. And because of the success of the first production of Little Wars, Park Square approached Prime Productions to do a play together. Uh, this play, uh, Marjorie Prime, uh, as I said before, is April 19th through May 19th. It's by Jordan Harrison, and it's directed by Elena Gianetti. And we have the director, Elena, joining us today. In this segment, we're having Elena as well as Candace Barrett-Burke, who plays Marjorie. So welcome, Elena. Hello. And welcome, Candace. Good to be here. Always fun to have you both uh, on this show. So this is a show a little bit about artificial intelligence and how 85-year-old Marjorie is a jumble of desperate and fading memories, and she's got this handsome companion, uh, a hologram or smart technology, and he's programmed to feed the story of her life back to her. And I think a question that comes back and we've talked about is, what would we want to remember and maybe what would we want to forget? So, Elena, tell me why this play. Why this play? Uh, first, uh, it was... Uh, uh, such a smart, um, current, relevant play to write now, as well as dealing with the relationships which are timely. So there was a there, there was a, something that makes it now, and something that makes it appealing to I think anybody, whether it's family relationships, uh, marriages, uh, any anything like that. Um, it's also a play that. Uh, really resonated with what our mission for Prime Production is, uh, which is why we came into existence, mm -hmm. was um, to find more stories for women over 50. And uh, even in three years, we're still having a hard time finding plays that are that really serve that mission and doesn't put uh, older the older woman in a marginalized role or an invisible, you know, the, the, the arm candy as opposed to being sort of the central figure. And this play really does that. It's got two fantastic roles for women over 50 and um, as well as the relationship – the real relationships that they have. And uh, it um, – it's uh, – it's so – it's because it's set in the future. It's technically set in 2062. It often gets labeled as a science fiction. Mm -hmm. But as you know, as I've been preparing to direct it, it it's it's so not science fiction like you would think. It's not Star Trek. It's not right. the Jetsons. It's well, not and, anything and, like that. And I think we have the seeds for that going on right now. Yeah. We look at our Facebook and that's our sets of stories. I'll yes. I'll get something from five years ago and it pops up and it's like, I forgot all about that I had posted that. And it brings up all kinds of memories. Um, and it's also what we post becomes what is our story. Now, maybe not everyone posts absolutely accurate on the Facebook. And so – how does Facebook support us in helping our memories? Yeah, and well, is it a next step after Facebook of, of, of creating an artificial intelligence? Well, with Facebook, you are really able to curate mm -hmm. those memories. 
way more than you are able to control the memories that are that develop in your life. Right. Um, and yeah, those those. I don't even know what they call yeah, it on Facebook. But five years you know, five ago, you this posted day, this. And you're like, okay, I guess Facebook thought that was important, but I don't really need to remember what I ate five years ago. But sometimes it's kind of nice. As you get older, it's like, wow, do not even remember posting that. But that's cool. I'm glad. It looks tasty. I'm glad I enjoyed myself. Well, and, and I think that uh, with where we are right now in terms of the sort of smart technology – um, Jordan Harrison wrote the play uh, in 2014. It was a Pulitzer Prize finalist in 2015. Even then, the technology from then to now, mm-hmm. we're talking barely five years, mm-hmm. has advanced exponentially. It's it's fascinating how far along we actually are. And there's the technology that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. You know, there was this weird, obscure thing I heard about. <laughs> um, they're using artificial intelligence and face recognition and all this kind of stuff, but it's only being devised in some lab in Oregon and, and the it, military might use it, but it's so obscure. And you're thinking, well, that's probably, you know, it's, it, the stuff is probably already there. Um, even your Alexa in the house. Yeah. And she learns. Form, she does learn. And it's scary. Alexa, <laughs> yes. how did you know that? Yes. <laughs> so we are... Even though the play is set so far ahead, I've There's really seats. considering it that it's it could be five years from right. now, ten well, years well, the, from now. The seats are there. If I imagined, what if Facebook, you know, was a hologram, and oh. and it and I only put the memories uh, that I want on Facebook. I don't necessarily share everything that's painful on Facebook. That's sort of personal, and you know, this whole idea of what what do I really want to document. Um, and I think that becomes a question, you know, how much and who and what do you right. want to share? And what the play starts to deal with is who gets to make those decisions? Because as, as Marjorie's memories are fading, mm-hmm. it's her daughter and son-in-law that are starting to decide, well, w- should we remind her of this? Should we not remind mm-hmm. her of that? And they can use the technology to feed the memories into mm-hmm. that so that the technology feeds – the artificial intelligence is what's feeding the memories – to Marjorie to help her remember. I also like that there's confusion as to whether or not it's a good thing or not. <laughs> and the daughter, you're shaking your head, Candace. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah, yeah. You know that that who here you're Marjorie Prime. That's you know look your Marjorie. What's your? Do you have? Is your last name even Liz? Uh, 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 yes. Oh, sorry. Thumbs <laughs> up in a scene. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. I think that that whole notion of who gets to tell the story and what what part of the story serves you uh-huh. and where do you want to reframe the story. Yeah. And, and we have talked about that Rashomon effect, about everybody who sees an event has a different version of the story mm-hmm. because you see it through your own lens. So... The notion of story and who owns the story and and how much of your life can you um, curate mm-hmm. and and how much do other people uh, how much are other people in charge of it and as you get older what do you get to choose and what do other people get to choose for you I think that little piece of that Tess says at some point in your life. Your life is narrated to you rather than lived by you. Um, So the notion of story and memory become very interchanged or interconnected. And and what is truth? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. What is truth? And, And does it always have to serve you or who does it serve? And the the role of the caretaker will will explore some more in the second segment because mm-hmm. I think it's 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 a struggle, um, especially when the person isn't who they used to be when they're struggling with dementia. Right. And there's a there's a wonderful term I think Connie Goldman came up with it of who am I now that I'm not who I was. Right. That happens a lot. And know, I think it's at, tough with family. Yeah. I think it, the son-in-law has a little less hard time with it because it wasn't – He doesn't you know, have the baggage. Yeah. The history. Yeah. yeah. There's also the the whole thing that – and I know I've written this somewhere and I'm not sure where, for what context, but that we 
we are a product of our memories. Yeah. And when those memories are no longer there, are we still ourselves? Are we still the product? Right. Are we still who we are? And like, <laughs> yeah. which is the quote, right, yeah. kind of like the quote that that Candace just said. And that that leaves a lot, sort of like, hmm, yeah. because the somebody with dementia that's in an, like an advanced stage of dementia, yeah. the family member or caregiver may think, no, there's they quote unquote mm-hmm. they are not there anymore, but actually. They are. Yeah. They are still. The story has changed. The story yeah. has changed. I think there's a lot of silence. There's a lot of humor in this mm-hmm. play. And there's a lot of silence that we're not used to. And it f- strikes me that in those silences, one of the things that happens is where do people with dementia go? They're somewhere. Mm-hmm. We we had a lovely talk with a, a wonderful woman named Mary Sue Moses. Uh, who is the coordinator of programs for Ebenezer mm-hmm. Dementia? Dementia, Dementia, yeah. Um, and her talking about they're still there. And with that, I want to make sure that folks know that there is going to be a discussion with uh, a, a talkback that will include. So, if you've got questions. Um, that's going to be on May 11th, Mary Sue Moses, and she is the program co- coordinator for Dimensions. Also, I'll be doing a talkback on April 28th, which is a 2 p.m. show. Uh, and to get tickets, go to Park Square, and the tickets are parks. Uh, the tickets you can find at parksquaretheater.org. Um, buy some tickets, and next segment I'll be giving some tickets away. So stay tuned. Listen next segment so that you can call in and get your free tickets for May 3rd. So with that, stay tuned. Come back, and there's more to talk about. In 1977, NASA launched the Voyager spacecrafts, satellites sent from Earth to study the farthest reaches of outer space. Aboard these voyagers were the golden records, time capsules filled with images, sounds, and music that tell the story of our world. Astronomer Carl Sagan said, The launching of these records into the cosmic ocean says something very hopeful about life on this planet. But can we still find that hope? If you could send a message out to the universe today, what would you say? This April, join Sandbox Theater for the Golden Record Project, an intimate event 42 years in the making. The Golden Record Project is a search for connection, a hopeful call to other worlds, and a declaration that we are here. The Golden Record Project, April 12th through May 4th at the Sandbox. Tickets and information at sandboxtheateronline.com. The Golden Record Project. What would you share? Hi, this is Laura, and I want to tell you about my family's favorite thing. It's our wood stove. We bought it about 14 years ago from Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. And see, the wood stove has actually paid for itself because we can keep the main area that we live in toasty warm with this great moist heat. But more important than saving money, it has actually improved our lives. Having a fire simplifies life. It provides comfort. It sort of takes the chill out of winter. I'm Peter Solak. In 1977, I started Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. And I experienced the simple joy of warming myself by a fire. I also realized that the place and the way we embrace fire has evolved in a diversity of forms and styles. So at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, we have brought together the widest selection of our fireplace products and technical knowledge in the Twin Cities. Our mission is to use our knowledge to help you choose the design and function that is right for you and your home. Visit Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces today and find the right fire for you. Hi, Marge. Hi, Gail. What's wrong? Everything is so depressing. The news, the weather, the local sports teams, my marriage. I know what you mean. There's only one thing I found that helps. What's that? Comedy. Comedy? Uh-huh. You're soaking in it now. I'm soaking my hands in comedy? Well, no wonder they feel funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where can I get some more comedy? How about Die Laughing? It's a 50-hour comedy marathon starting at 7 p.m. on Friday, March 29th at the Phoenix Theater in Minneapolis. 50 hours? Well, that sounds expensive. It is isn't. It's just a suggested donation of $20, and you can come and go as you like all weekend. Wow. And you can find out more information or stream the event online at DieLaughingMarathon.com. DieLaughingMarathon.com? Yes, DieLaughingMarathon.com. Well, that sounds great. I'm going to use comedy for everything. Do you think it can really help my marriage? (laughs) (laughs) No, you need to dump that jerk. Die laughing. Comedy can't fix everything, but it might make you forget all about it for just a little while. 
Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. And yes, that is Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Uh, and the reason that I've chosen to do that is I've mentioned in the first segment I, I got to go to a first reading at Park Square of a wonderful play called Marjorie Prime. That play is going from April 19th to May 19th. It is a stunning uh, production in many ways. The writing is is absolutely delightful and thoughtful. The actors are incredible and the director will bring it all to life with her uh, amazing talent. So in our last segment, we had Elena Gianetti, who is the director. Welcome, Elena. Thank you. We have Candace Barrett-Burke, who plays the part of Marjorie. Always good to be here. And we have James Rodriguez, who is an artificial intelligence hologram. <laughs> you are a smartphone come to life. So in the last segment, we talked a little bit. I, I opened with um, Twinkle Twinkle's verses, and I really like the second verse too. The second verse of Twinkle Twinkle also, I think, adds to the um, what does it mean um, to have sort of a star. Then the traveler in the dark thanks you for that tiny spark. He could not see where to go if you did not twinkle so. And I'm wondering if artificial intelligence is kind of like that spark. Um, is it that light? You know, because you are light. You're a you're made of light as a hologram. Um, how are you um, doing a character analysis? <laughs> Of something that is light. You know, that is a, a really great question, and that's sort of the reason that I was really excited to to step into this role and work on this show was uh, being a hologram or artificial intelligence being uh, sort of adds its own challenges for an actor. Yeah. Uh, usually, you know, when I take on a role, I start with thinking about a backstory. Yeah, and, plumb those emotions. Yeah, and uh, figure out, you know, who I am and yeah. what drives me and what yeah. I want and, and how I'm going to get at um, being this holographic artificial intelligence being. I start off with not much of a backstory. I'm sort of a blank slate <laughs> um, as it's written. Uh -huh. um, and my story gets built as uh, char various characters in the show are feeding me the memories. Sure. So it, in a way, it feels like my backstory is being built in front of the audience. So you're almost like a baby. Very much so, yeah. yeah. And I think there's a line uh, at one point during the show, in the script, where uh, John says, uh, they, uh, you know, he, he can learn uh, sort of like a baby, but just a lot faster. <laughs> uh, so you watch it and kind of, yeah, maybe a baby sort of a... Uh, an innocence, grow. Yeah, yeah, an innocence yeah. grow um, right before your very eyes. But and um, and w the reading, you did it beautifully. There was just this whole. It, you it seemed as the play went on, there was a little bit even more of less tentative. You know, after you've processed it, that you grew with it. Yeah, we're, we're I'm working on that and mm -hmm. trying to figure out what sort of journey uh, mm -hmm. Walter goes on. But I do think as uh, as I you know as he learns more and uh, the story evolves. Uh, he does get a little more comfortable with Marjorie. Yeah, and, and, and this strikes me. Oh, I know you were about to say something. I'm going to let you say, and then I have a question for you. Elena. Well, I was just going to jump in on that. That uh, what comes out in the play, and I'm not going to say how, but um, that the the hologram's desire, the artificial intelligence desire, is to become more human. But the definition of what what that is that defines their humanness yeah. really lends its it's uh, it's the uh, unpredictability. No, it's the predictability of humans, and and so for the for the technology to try to imitate that and discover and it. discover it there's to make quest. it as natural it, as possible yeah. it, it does feel like there that there's a quest yeah and it's a hero quest in its own way <laughs> that that allows them to find a journey um so i i this is a good segue because I, I want to talk about your son and robotics and and you're kind of in a sandwich generation i am, yeah. I am. uh in fact literally as we speak my son is at the williams arena at the u of m uh, for the first robot, it's called first robotics competition, and uh, this is something he's been doing his whole high school career. He's a senior now, and it's uh, it, they are these kids 
program these com- these robots to they don't it's not robot fighting uh-huh. they have a field and they have to accomplish certain tasks and it, in a way it's a it's sort of the precursor of what you know these characters the, the character in the play, these holograms mm-hmm. are, but uh, being able to do tasks that otherwise humans can do very easily is how to program the – well, they have to build it. You know, They learn what the challenges are going to be and then they have to build a robot to do that, um, to do those tasks. And uh, there's even challenges where the first 15 seconds or 20 seconds, the the robot has to be able to operate without human control. Mm. Um, so it's so it's, you're kind of going to school a little bit on that. I am. Yeah. And he'll start talking about these designs and I'm like, it goes <laughs> tell right me more. over my head. But tell me I'm more. Like, but tell me more. <laughs> yeah. um, and he wants to go to college to study – to work in video game design, which is a whole nother sort of element, mm-hmm. you know, with virtual reality games. And we're seeing you know. more and more that you can get immersed in it and yeah. it, and it's a holographic all around you. I yeah. mean, what does that mean for vacations of the future? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> where where can we go? You so, know. yeah, I'm sandwiched between that and sending my son off to college and uh, parents that are in their over 75 and mm-hmm. uh, both living independently uh, but n- – Knowing I'm caught in the middle, yeah. you know, I'm I'm pulled in both directions, and uh, there's a lot of that uh, in the play that really resonates with me personally. I like how Marjorie has a favorite grandchild. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, of course. <laughs> that, you know, you're not supposed to talk about those things. Well, you know, one of the things that we found with with Marjorie, I think, is that um, she's sort of a guide. I mean, I'm 75, so she's she's. Ten years mm-hmm. ahead of me, and I and I feel like in working on her, she's kind of a guide uh, for all of us into what is that about when as you start to age, what happens? We all know that physical stuff happens, um, but what happens as your mind starts to make adjustments and whereas maybe ten years ago she wouldn't have talked about the favorite. Uh-huh. She certainly has no inhibitions about talking about it now. <laughs> the freedom, and, the freedom yeah, at that point. <laughs> and we again, we were just talking about how that kind of prefrontal inhib- inhibitory uh, activity kind of disappears, and so where there might have been inhibitions about all kinds of things, the the interchange I have with with Walter early on is just like, man, I do not have time to be inhibited about this. So we're going to go into it. Here we go, mm-hmm. and that's and we. It, 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 there's something about that that is um, disturbing, mm-hmm. funny, refreshing, frightening, honest, um, honest. Yeah, it's and a very, very human. And that I, when we start to discover what are those things right now that the artificial intelligence has to have a human with him or her in order to advance. What is it that is human? Well, it's a brilliant play, um, and I'm encouraging everyone to go see it. It's April 19th through May 19th. You could win a ticket. Uh, I have a ticket for performance on May 3rd, which is at 7.30. And all you have to do is call 61 – no, 952. (laughs) My producer is looking at me like, what are you talking about? No, that's not my phone number. It is the radio's phone number. You're going to call 952-946-6205. I'm going to give that number again, 952-946-6205. Call in for two tickets to see this amazing performance. And we'll be right back to talk to more of the actors about the show. So stay tuned. I'm Peter Rackler from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue. Brunson's Pub is a place where history and passion are a part of every detail, starting with the menu. The Payne Phelan neighborhood arose from Dakota people who lived here for hundreds of years and pioneering immigrant communities, Irish, Swedes, German, and Italians, who made the East Side their home. More recently, waves of new residents from Asia, Latin America, and Africa continue the rich immigrant history and are revitalizing the community's cultural life and economy. 
Come experience Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. The U.S. has been fighting for 17 years in Afghanistan, 15 years in Iraq, and four years in Syria. And now the Trump administration is threatening war in Venezuela. As NATO will be starting its 2019 summit in Washington, a coalition of organizations will hold a mobilization to oppose NATO, war, and racism. American wars, with support from NATO allies, continue around the world. A new nuclear arms race is threatening, and U.S. military intervention is developing in Venezuela. Say no to NATO, U.S. wars, nuclear weapons, and racism with an anti-war protest on Saturday, March 30th at Lake Street and Minnehaha Avenue. Make your voice heard. Let's say no to wars, racism, and Islamophobia. Say no to the Muslim ban. And let's say yes to immigrants and funding for housing, education, and health care. Again, the anti-war protest is Saturday, March 30th at 1.30 at the corner of Lake Street and Minnehaha Avenue, initiated by the Minnesota Peace Action Coalition. Let's make our voices heard and stand up against war. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show. And together, we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hello, I'm a professional announcer voice. I voice professionally, just like Fearless Comedy Productions, except they don't voice, they comedy. And starting March 29th at 7 p.m., they will professionally comedy for 50 straight hours. 50 straight hours. You can join them at the Phoenix Theater in Minneapolis for just a suggested donation of $20. Learn more or watch the event online at DieLaughingMarathon.com. That's DieLaughingMarathon.com. With your AM 950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today will be sunny with a high near 40. Tonight, mostly clear with a low around 22. Sunday, scattered flurries before 11 a.m. with a high near 44 and a low around 29. Monday will be partly sunny with a high near 48 and a low around 31. Don't miss the Home Improvement and Design Expo this Sunday only at the Healthy Sports Center. Featuring up to 150 home improvement companies, giveaways, and more. It's the Home Improvement and Design Expo this Sunday at the Healthy Sports Center. See it all at ExpoGuys.com. That's ExpoGuys.com. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. Yeah, that's Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Not the traditional um, uh, music that you normally hear when you tune into Connections, but that's because it was mentioned in a play reading that I went to for Marjorie Prime. It's a play that's at Park Square. It's... um, a play that's co-produced. They're actually, they're a theater in residence, Prime Productions. It's going from April 19th to May 19th. And we've been talking to the director. We've talked to Candace Barrett-Burke, who plays Marjorie. And we talked to James Rodriguez, who plays the artificial intelligence hologram. And in this segment, we've got a couple more folks joining us. We have Laura Stearns, who plays the Tess, the daughter, and the husband. We've got Andre Scholes, like Dr. Scholes without the riches, without the fortune. There we go. So uh, just to give you a little idea of who's who, um, Candace plays Marjorie and um, Marjorie is 87 and losing her, her memory. We've got her daughter Tess who's played by Laura who's maybe questioning into is it a really good idea to use this whole artificial intelligence? Yeah, and she's also, not so much buying it into the whole yeah. AI thing. And, and there's a lot of baggage between you and your mom. And uh, a fair amount. Yeah. It's a fair amount. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can say that. Yeah. I mean, it's a family drama. I mean, we talk about this as being, you know, this sort of AI thing, but yeah, it's really a family it drama. It is. And you've got kids. You know, yes, you're, yeah. you're raising the yeah. kids and you've got your challenges with all of that. Right. And, you know, next generation coming up and you're writing that sandwich like we talked with a about yep. and Andre, I love that you like really suck up okay, <laughs> to to Marjorie. and you are mischievous. Uh, yeah, I love your mischievousness. Thank you. You know, it reminds me like my husband could get away with so much with my mother. <laughs> really, <Yes. laughs> if I had said that. <laughs> and there's like you're almost conspirators in in a way, the way that you you know are really 
wanting to support this, wanting to have something for Marjorie. Yeah, and kind of sort of being manipulative about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, sort of really pushing forward and putting, I think, his decisions um, ahead of his wife yeah. at times. Yeah. But there's a love that you have for Marjorie, I sense. That, yeah. Yeah, that, that, yeah. That's, that you don't have the baggage so that – Perhaps you can see some things that she needs that as an outsider to the nuclear family growing up that you can recognize. Yeah, and you know, um, we've had discussions before and I've talked about even my grandmother who had suffered from dementia and the kind of sort of relationship that I had with her versus the relationship that my mother had with Mm -hmm. her because I didn't have that family sort of baggage, you know, and it allowed me to sort of be more – um, I think just sort of playful with her and um, engaging and just um, kind in a way that uh, that I think my family didn't have because there were those times where, you know, sort of fi- family dynamic and history would sort mm-hmm. of get in the way. So that put me in a unique um, position that I actually adored and uh, loved. So. Yeah. And James, you're sort of the repository. <laughs> <laughs> you get to learn as you go yeah. about all these family dynamics. And there's an innocence, uh, but there's something else as well that's going on. Yeah, there's an innocence. Um, and I think the the challenge with you know playing uh, this sort of character that's learning as he goes is um, you know quickly making decisions of what you know what his purpose is mm-hmm. um, because without a sense of self, I feel like you don't have much of a sense of purpose. But as the play goes on, his purpose is uh, deepened um, mm-hmm. to help uh, Marjorie further and further. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think that as the play goes on, you see a relationship uh, between uh, Walter uh, and John and Tess sort of build as well. I mm-hmm. think a little stronger with John because mm-hmm. John is the one who's um, really pushing the idea of having Walter, uh, the yeah. you know, the, the hologram around to help Marjorie, whereas Tess is not yeah. As much into the idea, uh, but I think that you know, at least my interpretation so far in the process, I think that uh, as Walter builds his sense of self and his ego w- within you know the artificial mm-hmm. intelligence, um, that he probably also figures out or f- has uh, not feelings, but at least um, a sense of a relationship to Tess even. Now, Tess, I think the play could also be called Tess just as much as it could be called Marjorie. I think so. Yeah. There, yeah there's a, a struggle. There is a huge struggle. And I, I don't think – like I said, I don't think of this so much as a, a play about uh, science fiction or technology. Mm-hmm. It really is a relationship piece mm-hmm. and that – one of the things I think that's so great about it is that Candace and I do know each other. So there's this baseline already between the two of us as human beings mm-hmm. and that that's what we're really discovering in the early process of, of rehearsing this play is these relationships with, between these people and and how uh, mm-hmm. – and uh, we're finding so much humor in it that I think is really important for people to understand that – if they're thinking about, do I want to come and see this play? It sounds like this, you know, science Woo-woo. fiction thing. Yeah, yeah it's, no. it's very really, grounded. I mean, it's an element of it, mm-hmm. but this really is about the the intricacies of how we develop in relationships, and uh, and that interactions between a family, mm-hmm. even though one of those family members. <laughs> Well, he's impaired. <laughs> well, yeah. well, you know, one of the things that struck me is that, you know, when I was a teenager, my father had a stroke. So it was, he lost his memories. And there's at times where you can be very patient and there's times when it frays your nerves because they're not the person that they were. They're not the caretaker. You've become the ter- caretaker. And there's almost a resentment in having to take over that that role. Um, and then exploring how to be that role uh, when you're the one in power now and and not the person that's being taken care of. Yeah, and I think Tess really struggles with making a decision about what she wants to encourage in in Marjorie's mm-hmm. uh, process of, of aging and how how she interacts with her own memories. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 interesting because my own mother is having memory issues. So mm-hmm. I, I do have a lot of feelings around sure. what that's like. And, and I think what, what I'm seeing in this play so much is, is that 
uh, memory is not what it's, what's important. Mm-hmm. It's about the feeling. Right. And that we talked about that uh, in the last couple of days about we don't always remember what people say to us, mm-hmm. but we remember how we feel. Yeah. And that that's what I think we're finding around this is that it's really that I, I can't interact with with something that doesn't have feelings mm-hmm. and artificial intelligence can pretend to feel or can emote and reflect, but it doesn't really feel. So it's interesting to see how do you interact with, with something that's missing that element right. and how, how, why is that so important? How does it trigger things inside of us to have something reflected at us? But it doesn't – it's just a, it's just an interesting Well, I think also concept. what's interesting to me is what does it mean to be authentic? So yeah. I think it's important that she's questioning it because yeah. is there authenticity that gets missing? When my father um, was rebuilding who he was, he had been conservative. Um, and I was his major caretaker, and I actually got him to be pretty liberal. In fact, I got a picture of him with Jesse uh, Jackson at the mm. Rainbow Coalition oh. that the kids in the family have never forgiven me for because <laughs> I essentially reprogrammed him, which worked for me because <laughs> I always found him to be a kind and good man. And now I just let him have the opportunity to really express that. But it, it, it you know, the, the kids in the family, were, but that's really not who Dad is. Well, who's to say it's not who Dad is? Dad, right. you know, it's, who he is now? Yeah. yeah. And and very much a supporter. Now, my mom had always been active in civil rights, so it wasn't that big of a jump. But yeah, how, is it okay to turn people into something else or the stories that they remember into something else? I think we have an authentic self that can get uh, buried by our experiences in life. And I think that that's something that we see in the writing from Marjorie mm-hmm. is that there's elements of her that really percolate and come up that are uninhibited. Mm -hmm. And I love that about this idea of not being encumbered by by the past. It's what we were talking about earlier, that that notion of inhibition being um, – there's just not enough time. Mm -hmm. There's not enough time to be inhibited anymore. There's not enough energy. She talks about getting tired. what is your essential self? What is the mm-hmm. essential story about which you turn? Mm-hmm. In this story, we had talked earlier about um, there is a story about a dog. I love that. The the Tony story that goes throughout the play. And we all see the Tony story from a different point of view, right? Um, and what I love about essential. this, the, the Tony story that I love that I resonated with is that, you know, my family insisted on keep calling the dog the same name. And it was like, <laughs> wait a minute, dog. Where, right. where is Daisy and who is Daisy? And I still, and now I have my mom's dog after she passed. It's Daisy. And it's like, which Daisy are you? I mean, it, it, because there's this sort of expectation that they live up to the Daisy, the original Daisy that. Well, and isn't that yeah. sort of like the play, right? Yeah. It's like, what is the essence of. Daisy mm-hmm. or Tony or any of us? Um, are we just other versions of ourselves as we get older? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it also talks about how memories can meld into. Yeah. So you have you know a couple of animals. And which, then, Daisy which, which Daisy was it? Which Daisy was it that dug the hole right. in the garden? And, right. and you know, and right. it sort of all becomes the same. In memories like that, we will pull things together and from different memories, right? And sometimes you go, huh. <laughs> what was that? We, we we do find that in this play too. It's really interesting. I think the whole play is a, a a way to keep exploring not only the technology, which is interesting, but how we use it. You know, what is its purpose? As you were saying, and not only are you finding its purpose, the characters find finding the purpose, but there's a sense of um, what is our relationship to technology, and is it displacing? You know, I think sometimes. Um, you know, Facebook can displace the interactions because we've put it on Facebook, but we're not seeing each other. We're not writing. Absolutely. We're not calling. Um, and your role with Tess, um, and I'm talking to Andre right now, but you can see that because I'm on the radio. He plays John, um, Tess's husband. It evolves as well. It, yeah, it it does. It, I love how. Uh, his character is just all about wanting to please, you know, um, and huh. he does have 
this real deep love for his wife, and I think a part of that love is is extended to Marjorie. Um, they didn't always have the the easiest relationship. They found it exactly, right? and that's such a wonderful thing. And I mean, that's kind of sort of how you know life is. You know, that happens. Well, in our next segment, I want to explore Madagascar. <laughs> so I'm just going to say Madagascar is coming up and we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, stay with us. And also, I want you to go right to uh, Park Square's uh, website right now, parksquaretheater.org, and get some tickets because I think this one's going to sell off. And it goes from April 19th to May uh, 19th. And I'll tell you more in our next segment also about the talkbacks. I'll be part of one of those talkbacks. Uh, and you got to come see that. So stay tuned. We'll be right back and wrap up this wonderful hour that we've had with um, Marjorie Prime, the play. Hey, community, this is Sian Thomas from ABC Realty. We represent a diverse team of realtors here at ABC, and we're rooted in your community. We are the only brokerage with an intentional focus on the east side of St. Paul. We specialize in helping first-time homebuyers and people of color to find the home and the neighborhood of their dreams. We have agents who speak Spanish and Hmong, and to keep pace with the ever-changing demographics of the east side, we're adding agents who speak the languages of our communities. We're accessible and we're available for you. Face-to-face and over the phone, we'll help you each step of the way, whether you're buying or selling. We'll discuss the value of home ownership and how it can be leveraged to build your future. We are here for you, ready to put our experts to work for you. So learn more about us here at abcrealtytwincities.com. That's abcrealtytwincities.com. Art lovers, it's time to celebrate, learn about, and collect local art at the St. Paul Art Crawl, running April 26th to 28th. The Spring St. Paul Art Crawl, presented by the St. Paul Art Collective, is a must-do experience that you will love. Over the weekend, you will have the chance to explore a wide variety of art while touring through local artists' studios, lofts, and galleries. Up for purchase will be paintings, photography, pottery, sculpture, fiber arts, and more. The Art Crawl sprawls over 34 locations. Join the Art Crawl and discover outstanding art for your own. And when you buy local art, you're providing to artists so that they may continue to create the art we love. The Metro Transit is supporting the local art community, too, with free transit passes. Download your pass to ride buses and light rail for free during the Art Crawl. Be sure to get details at stpaulartcrawl.org. That's stpaulartcrawl.org. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us. By opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests, we'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. In 1977, NASA launched the Voyager spacecrafts, satellites sent from Earth to study the farthest reaches of outer space. Aboard these Voyagers were the golden records, time capsules filled with images, sounds, and music that tell the story of our world. Astronomer Carl Sagan said, The launching of these records into the cosmic ocean says something very hopeful about life on this planet. But can we still find that hope? If you could send a message out to the universe today, what would you say? This April, join Sandbox Theater for the Golden Record Project, an intimate event 42 years in the making. The Golden Record Project is a search for connection, a hopeful call to other worlds, and a declaration that we are here. The Golden Record Project, April 12th through May 4th at the Sandbox. Tickets and information at sandboxtheateronline.com. The Golden Record Project. What would you share? Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. And yes, that is Twinkle, Twinkle Little Star. A great segue after a commercial, actually, that talked about uh, Sandbox Theater Golden Record and messages going up to the stars. 
Um, I was very moved by the mention of Twinkle Twinkle in um, a play reading I went to at Park Square. It was Marjorie Prime, uh, a play that's going to be coming up April 19th through May 19th. Highly recommend that you get tickets for this show. It's going to be tremendous. And I have the actors here today. Uh, And the director, I have Elena Gianetti, who is the director. Welcome, Elena. Hello. We have Candace Barrett-Burke, who plays Marjorie. Nice to be here. Good to have you. We have Laura Stern, who plays the daughter, Tess. Indeed, I do. <laughs> we have an artificial intelligence, James Rodriguez. <laughs> that is you. And then we have Andre Scholz, who plays the husband and son-in-law. Arg. <laughs> and the instigator. Now, that's that sounds like an Irish pirate. <laughs> Is that an Irish pirate? Yes. Yes, and you'll just you'll just have to wonder why we have an Irish pirate that showed up. But that Irish pirate probably won't be in the play, but definitely explained. Definitely here. Um, And to get tickets, go to parksquaretheater.org. Also check out primeprods.org. They are the theater in residence. an organization dedicated for older women to get their time on stage. Uh, and we talked uh, with Elena a little bit more in depth about Prime. I want you to go ahead and look at Prime Productions, primeprods.org to learn about Prime Productions. But we also mentioned Madagascar. <laughs> now, Madagascar is brought up, and I'm fascinated by Madagascar because it's brought up. Yeah, it's, it's brought up uh, a couple of times. It has a very um, – I'm trying not to give away spoilers here. And <laughs> no, everybody, no. But it is, it's, in the booth is but like, it's an adventure. It's, it's, a, it's an adventure. But it's an adventure. And so, it's Africa, which is just cool, sort of the beginning of time. Yeah. And, and what's what's fascinating, uh, Jordan Harrison, the playwright, is really smart. Yes. I mean, really smart. And so, you know, I'm starting to do all my prep and my research, and I'm digging into information about Madagascar, Madagascar that's relevant to the play, and suddenly I'm like, well, wait a minute. This wait, these things don't line up. And then there's a there's another major real event that gets referenced in the play. It's a art installation. And we start putting in these time we you know, we build a family timeline and the dates aren't lining up. And uh, I'm like he wouldn't he, not do this No, on he purpose, gives too right? many good hints. So I we we've been talking about it that he's purposefully changed not changed information but he's he's making a comment about memory and rewriting and rewriting by using things that the rest of us know uh-huh. or will you know would otherwise know so it's uh, the whole madagascar thing was the tip off for me yeah. of wait th- he's, he's he's playing with that there's this this and this and this happens in madagascar and i'm doing it and i'm like no they don't i mean i'm trusting the internet enough to go you which know. is great because it's the it, this is a play that's set in the future yep so how does history get remind, remembered yeah. and how does history get documented and what is real in history and what's not? Exactly. So the Madagascar comes comes into play with that and, and yeah, so that's that's the big Madagascar reveal well, <laughs> without revealing anything. Without but. revealing anything. Um, but I found it a, a magical and, it, and because it comes up a couple times, he, you know, you're led to believe that there's something about this and there's something magical about – what it is and what it could be. So I, I, I'm all. All I'm going to say is Madagascar. <laughs> Go see the play and look for Madagascar. <laughs> I also, uh, I love the idea of artificial intelligence um, as a hologram, as a, a Facebook embodiment. Of, of stories and and the reason I, I chose the to have Twinkle Twinkle is I just want to share the last two stanzas which I just think are prophetic. It's again I think he he wouldn't have put that in there unless he knew that some geek like me would actually <laughs> look up the words and go why did he choose Twinkle Twinkle? Um, and the last part of the song goes in the dark sky in the dark blue sky you keep. And often through my curtains peep for the never shut your eye till the sun is in the sky. And as your bright and tiny spark lights the traveler in the dark, though I know not what you are, you are a twinkle, twinkle little star. (laughs) And Candace, you were sharing about the idea of why we have star stories. 
Yeah, this is a story that came to me from a, an archaeoastronomer named Bill Sullivan. And Bill, um, I had asked him, why is it that every culture that we know of has a star lore? And he said, oh, that was our gift from the ancients um, to, for, for them to let us know that they knew we were coming and they left us the important stories. So every, um, every culture has put their very most important stories into the sky, into the stars, so that we can read the stars. And he said that was that the big message from the ancients with that was for us to know that we can never we can never be alone because the stars are with the us the stars will the the important stories of our humanity will always be with us in the sky and they will guide us they will guide us as twinkle twinkle as mozart yes <laughs> was uh, able to uh, tell us well it just kept striking me that this artificial intelligence this light um, is that are we creating a star? You know, are we creating a, a star of stories that allows us to reflect on what's important? And does it reflect on our humanity? And does it create our humanity? Or is there something that we should be cautious about in in a technology that creates an artificial star? Um, I think these are, and, and we come from the stars. From the, from stars, the stars, we are stardust. Yeah. Um, are we creating uh, a stardust of the future? We only have like less than a minute, but I'd love to have every one of you say why it's important to come see this show. So Andre, who plays John? Oh, it's it's um, it's all about family and family dynamic and the human experience, and everyone can relate to it. James, artificial intelligence. Yeah, it's just a beautiful, <laughs> neat little story um, about. I, I'd agree with Andre about about family, just set in a really neat uh, environment. Elena, uh, because it's. Uh, it's very real. It's humorous and it's poignant. Laura, time. who plays Tess, the daughter. Ditto. <laughs> Candace. Candace, who plays Marjorie. We're all having a really good time and we want you to have a really good time with us. Parksquaretheater.org. Buy tickets April 19th to May 19th. And there are great talkbacks. Go look them up. I don't have time to tell you, but uh, April 28th and May, May 2nd. See you then. <laughs> May 18th. <laughs> I'm Connie Burek, co-host of Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show. Join Michelle Kitzmiller and I as we focus on all aspects of health, wellness, spirituality, and growth from a mind, 